Hello and welcome to another episode of The Discourse, the short-form one-on-one interview show with filmmakers, actors, and other industry folks, which is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike D'Angelo. On this episode, I got double-booked for interviews, so our editor-in-chief stepped in to interview writer Michael Waldron, who wrote these tiny little projects that you've probably never heard of called Loki and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, so they're, they're big projects. I've heard the interview. It is chock full of interesting insights on the choices that Waldron and Raimi and Marvel made when creating the latest Marvel blockbuster. Also, it should go without saying that this conversation is very much full of spoilers, so enter at your own risk if you haven't seen the movie. They even touch on Waldron's Kevin Feige-produced Star Wars film and where they're at with that. Uh, So lots of good nerd talk ahead. But before we get to our chat, I've got to tell you that the Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, which I'm also a part of, Also, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Follow us on iTunes and you'll get this podcast as well as our other shows regularly. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or rating as we do very much appreciate it. Okay, enjoy the discourse with the very busy and very talented writer, Michael Waldron. good to talk to you about this now that the film has actually come out because you know it's hard to talk about these things when uh people haven't seen it or or you know before all that stuff you know it's funny um did you see that i was just thinking about that clip that i just saw yesterday and it's an old clip and it's lizzie olsen talking about um it's during um the, the age of ultron uh junket and she's saying uh you know i'd love to do uh like a version of house of m with where wanda invents children and then kind of just go psycho and stuff. But then she goes, but Marvel would never let us do that. <laughs> Pretty prescient, right? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, what does she know? Uh, maybe she had the dark hold. Even then she, she saw into the future. I haven't seen that clip. I still can't believe what they let us get away with uh, in this movie. It was really cool and a lot of fun. Tell me about, if you can, like going, when you first jump on this thing, because it was called, at one point it's called, it's still, it's always called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, introduced way back when, but Scott Derrickson's working on it. And I believe it was a different screenplay. And then you come on and like, does it radically transform? Is there some skeleton there? Like, like what's the process from there? I came on in February, 2020, after uh, Scott, and the original screenwriter on the project, Jade Bartlett, departed. And Sam Bramey joined maybe a, just a couple days after me. And they had been working on something that was great, had a ton of excellent ideas in it. And originally, we were just kind of inheriting the bones of that idea and going to try to get it ready to start shooting in a couple months. But that was as I said, February of 2020. So then every, everything shut down because of COVID and that afforded Sam and I the opportunity to set all that aside and really start from scratch. So there's not really much of anything that, that remains. I mean, the, the basic, you know, care, the characters are, are in there. Um, but one benefit of COVID was Sam and I got to try to make this thing our own. Most, most people don't have that much time, that luxury, right? Often there's a, I mean, I think when you first came on, if I remember there was a release date that was maybe like, like 11 months away or something, right? Yeah, there was, it was, it was crazy. 
it was it was just a again just a race to the to the finish line and and so we were like all right I think I had three weeks to write a a new draft of the script which is a, a ridiculous thing but again there like I said there were a ton of great ideas in there and and Scott did such amazing work on the first movie and and Jade is a great writer herself so it's it was going to be frenzied but I'm sure we would have figured it out but we just were afforded time to to go do our own thing. I guess you know I you know we can talk spoilers now. I think a lot of people know by now. You know the the, the choice of 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 Wanda as as you know I guess full villain mode was there was there ever doubt or discussions about that like whether like do we do this can we do this like was that a, ever a point of contention or or worry? I think from the moment we started discussing it, it felt we we it unlocked the movie for us in a way that just suddenly we felt free and it felt right. We knew what to do with her character because it actually felt like the right next step. It didn't feel like we were just treading water with her character. And, and it gave our movie such a propulsive, exciting engine. And, and we knew then what an incredible weapon we were going to have in Elizabeth Olsen playing that part. So there, there was, there was a lot of excitement in our part. And, and so then it just, any apprehension just was baked into, okay, we have to earn this. We, we, you can't, if you're going to do this, maybe we feel that we're set up for it, but we have to make it a palatable journey for the audience, for the actors. And that, that was where the challenge really began. So, you know, I think for some people, like it's a bit of a, maybe, maybe the super Wanda fans, I, I've seen some chatter online, you know, like the bit of a contention about, about this. What, what would you say, like, um, if you were like telling them the reasons of like why, like what what would you say were some of the uh, like choices, like emotional choices? Because I, I see it like you've got WandaVision, which tees up a lot of this stuff. But I'm just wondering if you can like talk about that a little bit. Well, I mean, first, I guess I would say to the WandaVision fans, like I get it. I, I hate it's it's watching a character you love do bad things sucks. <laughs> like and that's, you know, that that elicits a strong feeling, which is what we're trying to do. In, in the movies. Um, we never would have done it if it didn't feel like the, the next step in her character journey. To, to me, my interpretation of the story of WandaVision was Wanda is confronting her grief in that show, but I don't think she's necessarily conquering it. It's a show about her living in denial to some extent, and she's conquering her denial but I don't think that she's properly reckoning with her anger over what she's endured. And that anger is what she carries with her as she walks away with the knowledge that she is the Scarlet Witch and with the Darkhold, this evil book. And I think it's what that anger that the Darkhold preys upon and, you know, and, and pushes her on what is a, to me, and I think to Wanda, a very justifiable, noble journey. She just wants her kids. She just wants her boys. Uh, and that's a very strong, motivating factor. And, and so, again, it felt like all the pieces were in place for, for this to be the next step in her story. Yeah, it seems like you think about the beginning of WandaVision, there's anger there. But then you think about the end of it, how much it's compounded, right? It's sort of like... It's the roadmap to to where we're going. Tell me about like just writing the, because um, you've got obviously a Wanda story, but it's also it's a Doctor Strange movie and there's a story to, to be uh, told and 
and serve there. Um, tell me about that balancing act and, and, and the kinds of things that you wanted to uh, say and, and continue saying with Doctor Strange, who's a character we've obviously seen through many movies now. Yeah, I mean, WandaVision, fortunately, we, we had the benefit of the amazing work that Jack Schaefer and Lizzie and Matt Shackman had done in WandaVision. It's like, okay, the roadmap was where we were coming straight off of WandaVision. With Steven, it, it was a little more up for grabs. He <clears throat> it had been a while since his first movie. He'd been a major player in the Avengers movies and then in No Way Home, but it required some real invention on our parts of, of getting into Steven's head and wondering where is he after all this, after the events of the Infinity War and all of that. And those were conversations with Benedict and with Sam and, and trying to identify who this guy is now. He's not somebody learning how to be a sorcerer. He's, um, he's an excellent sorcerer. He's as good of a sorcerer now as he was a surgeon. Uh, but I think he's at the point where he's having to reckon with the consequences of some of the major decisions he's made. And, and also maybe asking himself, geez, I'm feeling unsatisfied in some of the same ways I might've been as a surgeon. Now here I am as, as a superhero <laughs> and I, and I feel the, and I feel the same way. And that, that was just interest. That was just interesting to me. That, that felt like, like a cool starting place for the character. And, and so we latched onto that and, and just tried to let that, that notion of, are you happy, Stephen, living, living your life according to this dogma of there's only ever one way, you know, my way, and I'm going to keep my heart guarded that was our North star. And we, we tried to follow that the whole way through. I really love how you guys latched onto that, that I can, the idea of like, I mean, he's made a lot of already before even this movie made a lot of these hardcore decisions that are like, this is the only outcome that I feel like we can, like we can, if we don't do this, we're, 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 we're messed. We're up, you know, like obviously what he does with Thanos and then there's iterations that must've been fun playing with that in the multiverse with the, how we see the consequences of people who are like, oh my God, he, he did this. And we're like shutting him down because he's like dangerous. He's made so many borderline reckless calls, but the calls that he felt that were right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you need, you're grateful to have a Stephen Strange on your side because you need somebody who's going to take the knife and say, look, we, you know, this is what we have to do. Somebody who's brave enough and, and confident enough and, skilled enough to make the call, make the hard call, stick by it and be proven right. But for Steven to imagine how unmooring it would be to have this escalating series of reveals that elsewhere in the universe, the other versions of yourselves made their only way calls and it resulted in an escalating series of villainy. Uh, you know, that, that, that one way or another, these guys all kind of fell from the, from the side of good and, and did terrible things. And it, and it would shake his confidence, uh, which maybe previously was unshakable in his greatest strength. And that just, it just felt rich that that felt like the kind of rich thing that you could bake into this crazy story about a witch chasing him across the multiverse. Um, <laughs> uh, which leads us to that that really fun Illuminati scene with all those cameos and stuff. The way I read it, I don't know how you how you guys see it, but one of my favorite things about that that scene, my favorite element about that scene is it feels like it's a subversion and a commentary on cameos because 
all these guys come in and everybody claps and freaks out and it's like oh my god and then one by one they just get like and they're all like scrapped. Was that your take? Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't a deliberate. It wasn't a meta thing. I will say that was not me trying to make fun of the audience, you know, mm-hmm. or, or 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 even do that in the way that like MacGruber does it when they introduce, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Chris Jericho or whoever it is, and they and they blow him up in the in the car it was more designed to show you how terrifying Wanda actually is. Right. Uh, like in aliens, when here come the space Marines were safe and then they get massacred right. You know, right at the top of the second act. And now, you know, you're fucked. <laughs> and, and that ho- hopefully that's the feeling. Absolutely. I love the, I love the way it, it sort of like creates I mean, the, the stakes are already huge because there's this real terror of Wanda, what she's capable of. And then you see that and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool because the Illuminati shows up and hopefully you just feel safe. It's like, OK, there's been a lot of bad stuff happening, but we're safe now. And then you're not. You're really <laughs> not. Which is fun. Um, there's obviously a lot of rumors. I think you talked about a little bit about it, like, you know, the, the idea that there was sort of a Tom Cruise or whatever that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, was there like lots and lots of different versions of those Illuminati scenes. Did you shoot different versions of them, like different cameos and stuff? I know Deadpool was a, was a big rumor that was going around for a while. No, there was only ever, this is the only version we shot. I mean, there, there was certainly different discussions and I wrote different pages and stuff, but this lineup was always the, like the absolute wish list lineup. And frankly, if we had gotten just one of these characters it would have felt like and surrounded them with more obscure characters it still would have felt like holy shit i can't believe we pulled that off so to have gotten all of them is unreal uh and and i'm glad they all get their own individual moment to shine in the sequence it was yeah it was really cool um charlize theron unveiled her photo today on instagram i'm not sure maybe last night did you see that i did she was awesome that was so cool yeah, it's it, it was that was pretty interesting in that Marvel doesn't generally do that anymore. Like I feel like the last time, and I could be wrong, but like you know, the the last time we saw like a a, a brand new character at the end was maybe like Ultron with like with with Wanda and Quicksilver. You know, that's a kind of cliffhanger they kind of don't do anymore. You know, so was there any kind of thinking? Was there more stuff that you wanted to do there? Or is it just teeing up the next film? We were just stoked the the fact that we you know it it was the feeling that this was ultimately Stephen's journey of admitting that he was afraid of mm. connecting with someone else that that that's part of why he lives this solitary life that's part of why he lives alone in that goddamn haunted house and we knew that Clea in the comics is kind of his great love and an amazing foil for him that we wanted to introduce felt like he had to go on this journey and and get that wisdom from Christine Palmer to be ready to meet Clea. But we wanted to, to introduce her to, you know, to literally to tease the audience. And so, yeah, it was when the idea came, came around, I think Clea was the, or Charlize was the only, always felt like the only option to, to ever go to. And so we were so lucky to get her. Yeah, that's cool. And it's cool to see her join the MCU. MCU. She's great. You're not writing Loki too, right? Because you're doing, is you're doing Star Wars? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, 
you know, I'm the creator, I'm an executive producer, I'm still helping out and, and very much on the team. Uh, I'm not the head writer. That's Eric Martin, who was there in the trenches with me on season one, uh, and who's going to do a great job. What makes a good Star Wars film to you? And do you have a favorite one? I think that Star Wars at its core is a, is a story about family and, and not in the sense that it's a story about familial legacy, but it's, it's Han, Luke, Leia, 3PO, R2, Chewie coming together is this surrogate family that you fall in love with facing great odds together, being split apart, rooting for them to come. You know, it's, it, it's like, that's, I do think that that, that is what I always latched on to. And as for my favorite, I would, I would say Empire Strikes Back. That's usually a, ring. <laughs> a lot of people love that one. It um, isn't, isn't really a, original, but that is, yeah, that is my favorite. Uh, uh, same. Um, is there a- and, and, it's, and by the way, I think it's because that family is split apart. Right. right. And there's, you know, that, that movie exists because of, it can exist because of the first one does such a great job at assembling that family unit. Right. And then- there's so much yearning and tragedy across that second movie and, and watching them get broken apart. And that's why it works. Yeah. It reminds me what the similar, what they do with an infinity war. Um, is there a difference uh, with working with Kevin Feige on a Marvel film than there is on Kevin Feige on a star Wars film? You know, we're, we really are still kind of at the outset in a lot, in a lot of ways, because I've been so deep in on um, Dr. Strange but so far, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's driven by character and, you know, what, 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 who are some great characters? What's a great story? And that's, it's really as simple as that. Can you say whether this is going to be something new or something legacy or, you know, it's, it's a big universe, right? It's a big, it's a big universe. That's the good news. No. Yeah. I, I guess, the, you know, that, that's what I always, that's what I love about Star Wars. It's, your canvas is all of time and all of space. So I feel like you got to take advantage of that. So that means it's going to be set on Tatooine. <laughs> exactly. Tat, tat, Tatooine. <laughs> uh, yes. Has to be set on Tatooine. Um, all right. I think I've basically run out of time. Uh, actually, you know, I will say. That better not be the headline set. Star Wars movie set on Tatooine. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's obviously it. We're joking here. Um, uh, um, Loki, I do love the uh, the fact that you guys have the restraint. You know, like people may have been thinking, "Oh, he wrote Loki, so Loki's going to stand appear and strained." I love that the discipline that be like to be like, "No, these don't." I mean, they're connected, but they're not. This is a Doctor Strange story, so I really do appreciate the connection of being like, "It'd be cool, but what does this have to do with their 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 story?" Right. So, how can you say in what ways your you guys? in general are, are moving the Loki story forward because I think there is more to say. And I'm just wondering if there's anything you can say about teasing his emotional journey, because I, that's the part that I always find interesting. Yeah. That's, that's what's for sale with that character. I mean, I, I think we, we saw him undergo a real gauntlet of emotional growth over the course of the first season to, to the point that he perhaps knows who he is more than he ever has uh, at the end of that first season. Now it's the challenge of, of actually walking the walk. Um, and that's, I think that's something really interesting. Is it a little bit of like almost you've, you've learned too much about yourself in a way you've, you've faced the mirror, like, 
and like, wow, like, oh, I, I know the full me now, which is sometimes like, you know, a lot of us live in denial and we don't see our full selves. That's a good note. I'll tell you, I'll take that to the team. We should all discuss that. <laughs> cool. Um, you're going to be busy. Are you, are you going to do, are we going to see you doing Marvel again at some point? I hope so. I hope so. I, I, uh, I love working over there. I learned so much from Sam about filmmaking. You know, I, I hope maybe at some point I'll probably have to try and find something to direct myself, but I'd love to stay in that world. And I love working with Kevin. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, it's a good position to be in. Uh, well, best of luck with everything. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not that you need it. This movie is already like 500 million worldwide and, and everything. So uh, yeah, congratulations on everything. And hopefully we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. 